For the last 20 years, F1 for Health has been perfecting the art of computer repair. To experience it for yourself, give us a call at 208-687-0183. Stay tuned after this main dish to learn how you could win a free signed copy of Bob Berg's book, The Go-Giver. We've all gone through great lengths to diversify our business, so we're not dependent on one client or business offering. What happens to your business if the country shuts down and you are prevented from performing your service or delivering your products? Something we've never thought about before, or at least not in terms that are normal in a pandemic-driven world that embraces social distancing. The obvious response is something like this will never happen again. Are you sure? Social distancing has become the mode de jour. And should a second wave flare up, are you sure your business will be able to continue as normal? We must spend time diversifying not just our client mix, but business offering mix as well. In this episode, we'll discuss issues facing businesses in an age of social distancing and pandemic worries, and how to use the go-giver laws for success to diversify your offering. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with the cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Welcome to the Business Buffet. My name is Ed Bejarana, and with me today is my friend and partner in podcasting, Phil. Phil, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for calling me your friend. Continue to call me your friend, even at this point of our relationship, episode number 81, I believe. Is it 81? 81. We've done this 81 times. 81 times. Well, that's not counting all of the times we threw it away and started over. (laughs) That's true. So I, I see the uh, the stay at home orders not helping with your uh, your hairstyle. No, not thank you for mentioning that. No, although I did shave yesterday. Yeah, the back of my neck is yeah. No, it's not working. I can't wait. This is the first stop. I I have to go buy bell bottoms. I this is all seventies now. <laughs> I, corduroy and bell bottoms. That's that's next on my list. Corduroy. If this, if this thing goes any. Any longer. Ed, you're a percussion player. The corduroy pants works real well with you. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, though. When I was wearing corduroys, I was in the symphony, so I didn't have to worry about the bass drum pedal. No. But then again, I didn't have corduroy tuxedo <laughs> or a bell-bottom tuxedo. So. Both of those are oxymorons. Right, right. So, well, coronavirus has really mucked things up. It has thrown our country into a uh, tizzy. 
Oh, tizzy is a great word. I was going to use a four-letter word. But I, I, I know you asked me not to speak over the top of you, but I was like, that, that was a good one. Tizzy. That, that, that was a good one. That was a good one. You know, but actually, as we've been preparing for this week, this whole week is talking about what I've coined as the giver's premium. The idea that this virus, this, uh, as the president refers to it, uh, this uh, invisible army, I, I think it's a good thing. I, I know that that sounds kind of bad to say, but as I've been writing the episodes for this whole week of The Giver's Premium, I, I keep looking at all of the things that we're kind of forced to do that are really good yeah. for humanity, for um, general well-being and health, business, um, that... Death is death, and that's bad. Mm-hmm. One one person dying from this is a horrible tragedy. I'm not trying to belittle that. But the idea that business just got shut down one day by the government, and and now what? How's your business doing, Phil? I, I'm really, really, really busy. I may have one client. I will know that in the next day or two that may or may not be able to pay uh, this month. And we'll deal with that. But I have been very, very busy, staying busy. I'm adding new projects. It's, you know, I love it. Now, I think that you could be a negative Nancy, and there are negative Nancys, and they look at this thing, and it's, you know, oh, my God, the the sky is falling. And, again, I'm going to echo what you said. It's not good. But, by the way, I mean, we have 70,000 deaths a year from the flu. We don't hear anything about that. I don't think we're going to hit that number with this. Now, I think partially it's because of this stay at home and this quarantine and the lockdown. I think that probably has helped. But when you look at countries, and I don't want to get political, but you look at countries like Sweden who have had a very minimum effort of telling people what to do. And you know what? It's working out okay for them. But opportunity for businesses during this sort of thing is plentiful. And let me talk about opportunity for business right here. The conservatives guide to American politics <laughs> will actually be talking about the Swedish experiment, but I digress. You know, you wanted to avoid politics. Hey, here's the thing. He did not ask me to mention anything that would be a segue. That so was completely unplanned. That was unplanned and he's going to be paying dearly for that. But that is good. Uh, it is good. And, Ed, you do have a politic, uh, politics uh, podcast, and that's fantastic. But I thought it was important to note that you have choices in this. You can choose to be afraid and scared and panic and all of this stuff. And honestly, that ruins your creativity. It shuts down uh, neurons in your brain that are going to feed you with, with creative ideas. And uh, it's not healthy. It's just not healthy for you or your business. Totally so, agree. Yeah. So this sort of thing, I tend to be, I'm not a glass half full or empty person. I'm a glass three quarter full. I, I always see the positive. I try to always see the positive in everything. I'm sure there are exceptions. The point is, these are all choices. As people, humans, business owners, all of this, this is a choice. And that sounds super easy and it's not easy but it is a choice and you can choose to look at this as an opportunity and how can i 
make my business healthier and stronger throughout this whole uh, ordeal. Ordeal. Thank you. Well, you know, um, five years ago, I I had a an opportunity to take life and reassess it. Uh, I'm I'm going to bring this parallel here, but five years ago, I had open heart surgery, and it it was to address a genetic issue. Um, I have a condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. This is I've talked about it before on the podcast, but this is that disease that when you see a uh, a junior high kid die on the basketball court of a heart attack. That's that's what I have. I'm just blessed to have been lazy, and <laughs> I didn't play basketball in junior high, so um, I didn't die when I was playing basketball because that would be silly for somebody who's lazy. But going into that <laughs> surgery, argument. <laughs> I, I didn't expect to wake up. So when I did wake up, life changed. I got a second chance. I was able to assess what's really important. And I became a better person. Not that I was a horrible person before that, but I became a better person. I became a better husband. Um, this virus, this episode, I think it's going to make business people better business people. If they approach it in the right way. If they look at it from terms of, okay, how do I make this positive in my life rather right. than a blemish that's going to destroy me. Right. And it's, and it, it's just... It's not even this one pandemic. Yes, you can point to this, and people will for years to come. This will be this will mark uh, history in one way, shape, or form. So, well, so here's how you, our listener, can grab hold of this uh, virus pandemic and turn it into a positive. I mean, obviously, Phil and I both are are glass half full, or in ca- Phil's case, glass three quarters full. We're both positive people. We just prefer to look at life from the positive standpoint. But you may be struggling with the paradigm of downward spiral. Uh, Peter Zander in his book, The Art of Possibilities, spoke at length about the downward spiral. And, oh, the bills are due and the kids are a brat and i got to get the car fixed. And everything is negative. You look at it from the negative standpoint rather than I... I have my life. I can pay those bills eventually. I have two wonderful kids. They may not be the perfect, but man, they're they're wonderful in my eyes. Look at things just from a different perspective, and it changes how you come about the problems. So we can do the same thing in business, but we don't do it by focusing on business. Because right now that's shut down. Some states are opening up, but it's... It's very limited. There, you you can't operate at full strength if you're in a restaurant. My goodness, how can you make it work with only half of the people? Don't look at the business. Here's where Bob Berg's book, The Go Giver, comes into play. This is an opportunity, and Phil and I are going to talk about this today. That helping people is more than a business exercise. This this is an exercise in humanity. And the process of helping people makes you feel better, allows you to see a different perspective on what's happening, and find some opportunity in business that you never could have seen if you were looking at it from the negative point of view. So it, let, let's just dive right into here. 
I, 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 Ed is beside himself. Right? He just cannot wait. Go for it, Ed. I, I refer to the when I read Bob's book the first time about eight years ago. Um, I, I kind of I have to use word association for active memory development, and and I just labeled this one the Giver's Premium. Uh, it, this is giving without concern of a win-win. Uh, I'm going to give to you regardless of whether you give back to without me. expectation for return. Without expect without keeping score. That's right. The, the I'm doing it because I want to do it. Uh, people always, you know, poke at me. Well, why are you paying for lunch again? Well, I like to eat. And I like having you around me. So there. I'm going to keep know, that in mind next time we go to that, lunch. That you know, two good things for me. So that's why I'm paying. Although. Next time I might let you pay. <laughs> I think it, it might be my time. The first law of stratospheric success that Bob listed in his book is the law of value. Did, you, you recently reread the book. Do you remember what the law of value was defined as? Uh, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. And what does that mean to you? Well, you know, I'll tell you what, it's um, people aim for a 50-50. If you always want to give at least 51%, you will come out a winner. Now, I believe in any relationship, if you have one person, both people in the relationship, whether it's business, marriage, friendship, student, teacher, anything. If both parties are trying to give more than the other person, that relationship cannot fail. That's my personal opinion, okay? Now, there are some superficial relationships. I get that. But why not make every relationship count and get into the paradigm set of always wanting to give more, right? Fifty-one forty-nine as a minimum. Yeah, right okay. out of the gate. You right want, out of the gate. You know, now Bob's book, he actually talks about, uh, you know, giving without expectation of receipt. Uh, the idea, the law of value, your value is determined by what you give over the payment you receive. It actually goes even deeper. So let me, let me use an example. Let's say uh, my hot water heater blows up and I got to get a new one. You know, I can't do it. I can. I can't. Oh, no, I can't. You have YouTube. It. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> Drop Period. the T, Ed. Period. Turn I, the can't into I, a can. I choose not to. <laughs> it's going to cost me 1500 bucks to put that hot water heater in. But the value that I gain from having a new hot water heater is going to be more efficient. I'm going to save money. That's right. Uh, my water is going to be consistently uh, hot when I need it to be. Um it's going to increase the resale value because the hot water heater was just put in. The value of that replacement far and away exceeds the cost of what I paid to put it in. So naturally, I would hire a plumber to do it. Let me use another one, taxes. <laughs> right around tax season here. Again. They, they extended that out to June 15th. But taxes, people give me a hard time. You know, I'm an econ major. I could do my own taxes, but I won't. I refuse to do my own taxes. I hire somebody. I pay them a lot of money to do my taxes. And that money that I pay them keeps me out of jail. A, and B, probably saves you in the long run of paying more taxes than you. That's right. Than you 
legally owe. The right? value that I get from having my taxes done far and away exceeds the cost of paying for my taxes. Now, that's that's just one way to understand the law of value. But when you when you read Bob's book, what you, what you find out here is that uh, in the case of the law of value, he's dealing with a a uh, restaurant owner, and he provided meals, not just the finest meals, but the finest atmosphere, the the most rewarding experience. And this wasn't just fine dining. He started with a hot dog cart. People came from all over the city just to eat a hot dog because he treated you like you were a first-class patron. And he gave in value far and away in excess of what you paid him for that hot dog. And later he became a real estate mogul and and owned multiple buildings and had multiple restaurants. But the, the story is a parable, not a true story. The idea is, is if you give value, people will now place a much higher value on you as an individual. So hold that thought for just a second because there's a critical element to understand before we go into the other three values, and that's the last law of authenticity. We can't do this just because we're going to make more money. The law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And it's these two laws that I wanted to bring up front and how they pertain to this coronavirus. Now, this week, again, I've been uh, focusing on how to diversify your business through the giver's principle. And yesterday, we talked about if you've got a service-based business, how to diversify your business with a product offering that you give away for free that later can become something that you can sell. But it, it puts you in the eyes of your customer at a much higher level than if you would have just sat at home and waited for the opportunity to swing that sign of your building saying open and waiting for people to come back. This puts you top of mind, and it makes you feel good in the process. If you missed that episode, it's only a five, six-minute episode. Tune into it. Now, tomorrow's episode is looking at it from the other way around. If you have a retail establishment using a service-based giver's philosophy to diversify your business, you can't always sell your product if your store is shut down. What do you do? And I talk about a couple of things that you can do to bring the giver's premium into the mix, not as a way to make money right now, but as a way to become the hero in the eyes of your customer and provide value far and away in excess of what that customer has ever paid you. At that point, you become top of mind forever. They evangelize you, and they talk about you whenever somebody says, hey, I need a social media expert. Well, you got to talk to Phil. Phil, man, he just goes out of his way. Well, tell me something that Phil did for you. He helped me buy a server once. I'm, I'm saying that. But if you did, mm-hmm. imagine how that person would feel. If you went out of your way, you helped them shop at Costco. Or you, they were stuck on the side of the road. You helped them, and they were broken. It, it's the things that aren't obvious that put you in a light with your customers 
that you never possibly imagined. And we're going to talk more today about how to use that to actually grow your business. Well, I was going to add to that, <clears throat> which is uh, something that we talk about in in my industry, in social media, is obviously the know, like, and trust that we all know about that. But when you get someone to know who you are and like who you are and then trust who you are, then they pull their money out when they need your product or service. And when you go over the top, going back to the hot dog stand, treating them like royalty, all businesses should treat their clients and customers like royalty. Come on, it's a, it's, that's a business 101. They then become super fans of you. And they will start talking about your business and you to everybody. And they're not, you're not paying them to do that. They're doing that because they genuinely believe that you can do the service. The law of authenticity as a business owner, what you're trying to say, I think, from this book, whether you know it or not, and people sometimes get caught up in this, you have several unfair advantages that others don't, uh, that over others, right? You have yourself. That is your advantage. And you, you need to use that advantage to its fullest potential. Well, and don't fake it. This isn't a, you might have heard the business philosophy, fake it till you make it, uh, or the saying, fake it till mm-hmm. you make it. That's, yeah. that, that actually, I have used that um, in my business profession when I really didn't know what I was doing. But that's not where I'm at at this phase of my life. The law of authenticity is be you. It's the real you. It's the value that you bring to the world that is going to sell you to the people. Are you tired of the malware propagation utility, otherwise known as Windows? Believe it or not, there are options. If you must have Windows, there is a lot of bloat that can be removed. F1 for Help knows what can be removed from Windows without breaking it. Do you just read your email and browse a few sites? Linux can do all of that and is relatively immune to the nastiness of the internet. If you want to take a test drive, give us a call at 208-687-0183. The law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. Now, honestly, this is the area, Phil, where I excel. I have a network list that is literally a mile long. I have thousands and thousands of people on this list. What, what size font is that that you're using for? Like a, like a 12 point font. No, not for a mile long. Yeah. <laughs> that's only 5,280 feet. Well, yeah, I, do the math. One per, okay. <laughs> so the idea is, is if you help a bunch of people, then those people keep you top of mind. Uh, Phil, you've heard me refer to the, the hero factor mm-hmm. numerous times in a network situation. I'll go into a, a room, and uh, in fact, normally, when I go to a networking event, I don't even take business cards with me anymore. Yeah. Um, One or two. Are, I mean, just in case someone actually asks for well, it. Well, especially in the beginning, I don't take any. Yeah. When somebody asks, hey, can I get a business card? You know what? Actually, I didn't bring any. Let's go have a cup of coffee. Can I meet you for coffee? Yeah. Exactly. It's when I get one-on-one. That's when I can really get to know them. 
Uh, and then I use uh, the, the God ratio in con- communications. God gave us two ears and one mm. mouth. Yep. So th- th- I use them accordingly. But the law of compensation basically says your income will be determined by how many people you help. So if you can reach out into the community and help more people, what you will gain is all of these people who love what you do and they will sing your praises. In the end, you will make more money than you ever imagined. Yes, I said it. We're doing this to grow our business. We're also doing this because we feel better. And like Phil said, he's a happy guy. It really does take a lot to piss Phil off. I've tried. I mean, I, I really, I really push it. <laughs> sometimes I'm he curious comes when those times are. Actually. Sometimes he comes to the studio and I just mess with him. Just how far will he go? And you know, sorry. So, how do we use the law of compensation to grow your business? Okay, this COVID nineteen situation has struck everybody. What issues do your target customers struggle with? Um, without naming any names, what are some struggles that uh, one of your customers has completely non-related to business or can be, whichever? Well, I will tell you what. I have a client that I mentioned may be pulling the trigger or suspending things for a month. And I have, I'm hoping they're not listening, (laughs) but I have been trying to do these Zoom calls to help my clients to kind of go over and above, and it's helped them reach people that they don't normally reach. I, I really don't share a lot of my clients' content on my own personal page, uh, unless it's absolutely appropriate to do so. And uh, what I've been doing is doing these Zoom calls, and then sharing that onto my personal page, every single one. What to do during this pandemic, during this lockdown, there's quarantine, everyone's panic ridden. What are you, what can people do using my client's industry as a vehicle? Okay. I have tried over and over and over to get with this person. And it was one thing after another, after another, no, I'm not going to be in the office today. I said, you know, How about tomorrow? What time? I don't know if I'll be in tomorrow, but that person's the one that may be pulling back for a month. And so it frustrates me that I feel like sometimes I'm doing more for my client's business than they're doing for their business. Well, one of the things that I see people struggling with during this COVID-19 is just keeping the morale high, depression. Uh, The number of people that I've talked to during this shutdown uh, increased exponentially. Uh, I'm typically not very gifted with gab, and that might be surprising. I'm I'm kind of introverted. That's Uh, not true. It totally is true. I don't think it's true. When I get home after a long day's work, the last thing I want to do is do a bunch of talking. My wife and I, we sit on the couch, we kibitz back and forth a little bit, we have some dinner, and we watch TV, and that's it. I zone out. I don't spend time socializing with friends. I'm I'm really kind of introverted. And I know a lot of people are struggling with being shut in at home. So I use this as an opportunity to try to reverse that introverted nature of myself 
And I've been reaching out to people on a almost daily basis via text message, phone calls, more emails, just reaching out and seeing how they're doing. I started to notice depression was setting in. And so I've been buying people books. I just drop ship books from Amazon. You know, I love The Present, Who Moved My Cheese. Those are some of my favorite. Fish, present is a great one. Fish Tales, of course, The Go-Giver. Uh, I, I've probably bought $400 in books in the last two months and just drop shipped them to people who I knew were having a hard time. Nice. No expectation of return. This is, I felt good doing it. I, I have the means to do so, and I felt good doing it. And these people get the book, of course they're going to be happy with it. They're going to read the book. They're going to gain value. And that keeps me top of mind. So one of the things in the go-giver, and this uh, goes exactly what you're saying here, the majority of people operate with a mindset that says to the fireplace, first give me some heat and then I'll throw on some logs. That's just not going to happen, right? Uh, Zig Ziglar has a quote. If you can dream it, then you can achieve it. You will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. Is that not what we're talking about? It's exactly what we're now, talking about. I think there's a caveat to that. I don't believe you should be giving with the expectation for receiving. Exactly. Okay, because I think that... that that it defeats the purpose. It does defeat the it, purpose, it and you won't goes, be successful. Also goes against the rule of authenticity. Right, right. And so you know the term forgive and forget? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's in the Bible a couple of times. Well, check this out. When you forgive, then you forget. Get. It's really interesting, but it's a paradigm shift. If you can change that paradigm within yourself your i mean it's got to be from your heart and that's hard for some people Mm -hmm. it really is it's hard but it takes look you cannot get up a thousand steps in one step or two steps or three steps but you can in a thousand steps and if you're in really good shape probably 500 steps so uh, now how does that become a business i mean we, we can't make a business out of buying people books all the time no, no, we can't. That, that's just a feel-good opportunity. That's, this is a way for me to give and be recognized as the individual who gave to them. Again, I'm not, I'm not making any money off this. This is just me feeling good, helping people with value. In yesterday's episode, I talked about how to put together an emergency kit. Um, put together some toilet paper. There's still a shortage of toilet paper. Can you believe that? I. I walked into a store and it was fully shelved and we're good at home. And so I told Shelly, Hey, Fred Meyer's got toilet paper again. And she's like, did you pick any up? I'm like, no, we're every time pick up just a fine. So she went the next day, toilet paper's gone. Mm -hmm. Guess who the bad guy was. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Well, so, you know, in yesterday's episode, we talked, I talked about, you know, put together some toilet paper, some hand sanitizer, some gloves, maybe a mask, get to get a nice bag Men don't like to carry purses, but put together an emergency kit and deliver them to your customers. No charge, no expectation of charge, nothing. Just give that to them. 
break in case of running out of toilet paper or whatever. Finding the hand sanitizer might be a trick on that. But. Well, you got to plan ahead. But it, it's not, for that matter, you can make hand sanitizer. That's true. You know, That's a, very true. A bottle of vodka and some glycerin and you're good to go. A bottle of vodka, I'm good to go anyway. But right. There you go. So now, how does that then become a business? Well, somebody's going to tell somebody else, oh, I got this emergency kit from Ed. And uh, then that somebody's going to come and talk to me. How do I get that emergency kit? Oh, well, you know, I've got them here. I'll, I'll sell them to you for a couple of dollars. Now you've turned what is otherwise a service business into a product diversification opportunity. So do you uh, slap your logo on those uh, items inside? And why the hell not? Yes. Yeah, why not? Why not? And, you know, there's a time and a place uh, you can go over too much of this stuff because then it will seem unauthentic and ingenuine, disingenuous. There we go. Disingenuous. Thank you. So, uh, but why why not? Like the bag, get go to Cafe Press, throw a logo on, get the bag, and then deliver it that way. And you're fully right on that. Well, and as we'll see uh, in the third law, the the law of receptivity will address that concern. But let's first talk about the law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interest first. Such a great law. It is. It's such a great law. You know, I I often say that if I didn't have to pay the mortgage or put food on the table, I I wouldn't work. I'd just volunteer. Mm. I love to work in the community. I love to just be involved. Uh, I, I helped the symphony for a while. I work with the chamber. I'm working with a, a nonprofit downtown teaching kids how to uh, use technology to start a career. I've, I've had a business incubator for kids before. Honestly, if I didn't have to work, I wouldn't. I would just volunteer. And mostly because it just I, I just feel better. What does your business do that could be modified to solve a pandemic-related issue? Sometimes it takes a little bit of creativity. Again, we're living in a social distancing norm world. Some states are saying now that they won't open up until there is a vaccine. That could be 18 months away. Our economy will be destroyed by then, but we still have to look at the reality that social distancing is here to stay. What does your business do that can help? Are there other business people in your community who you could team up with to deliver a better solution? You know, Phil and I, we both are busy. Uh, The coronavirus has actually done the exact opposite for my business. I am just absolutely slammed. Have been since two weeks before the shutdown. Everybody who saw it coming, they needed to figure out how to keep working with everybody in working from home. And the web developer... (laughs) Yeah, he's the go-to guy. Um, so I, I have been working overload, 10, 12, 15-hour days, just trying to keep up. And Phil, he's been crazy busy using social media now to connect businesses with consumers. People are stuck at home. They're browsing Facebook like crazy because they got nothing else to do. Um, so yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's, uh, it really is. That has been a focal point. So it may be that you don't have the whole solution to solve a problem. And it takes a little creativity to think, what could I be doing? i got plenty of time now. I'm not working. 
what could I be doing to help people better their lives? And it may be that you have to team up with somebody else in order to get that done. Look for those opportunities because now you're doing a twofer. Not only are you providing a service to somebody, but you're bringing another business along for the ride and you're introducing them to new business opportunities that they wouldn't have figured it out. They've been sitting at home just twiddling their thumbs. It wasn't until you called and said, I want to do this. I want you to help me. Let's work on this together. This week, our Rotary Club, my little Rotary Club, helped another bigger Rotary Club here in town just clean up trash along one of the roads here, Celtis. And it was great because I knew they were doing it and I knew ours was itching to get out and do something in the community. But social distancing kind of prohibits a lot of that. It's a challenge. We got to work in separate little teams. We were in distance and we picked up trash along the road. And it was, a again, obviously without any expectation for return. We're just doing something to help the community. And people, people remember that. I, here I am. I've got a social media management company. This has nothing to do with that. Nothing. But if something ever comes up down the road, and again, I didn't do it for this reason, but I know how this works. By the way, we found a morel mushroom, so it was all good. Yeah, I saw that post on Shelly. What is a morel mushroom? Oh, it's a delicacy. It's, if, do you like mushrooms? Uh, yeah. Uh, stupid question. <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> forgot who I was talking to for a minute. 300 pounds. Uh, yeah, so they are a delicacy, and they are fairly expensive, hard to find, and we found a, a morel, huh. and she loves them. I absolutely hate mushrooms. So. Well, this, this brings us to the law of receptivity. Um, you know, often it's said, uh, give, 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 give without expectation of receipt. How am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to be able to feed myself and pay the mortgage and make my quarterly numbers? Joe in the book, the the protagonist in The Go-Giver, struggled with that exact dilemma where he had to get his third quarter numbers in, and he went through this course with the chairman, and he didn't make his third quarter numbers. But the knowledge that he gained was the value that, you got to read the book. I'm telling you, it's a great book. <laughs> and by the way, four listeners have a chance to win a signed copy of that book. Seamless segue. Wasn't that good? I but the it. law of receptivity says the key to effective giving, giving is to stay open to receiving. Just like Phil said, to forgive and forget. The idea of giving just opens you to be exposed to people for the good person you are. People see you in a different light, and now they're going to refer to you. The number of times that I've been called by my clients to do things or help them with things that have absolutely nothing to do with the service that I provide them is astonishing. I have flown people in from California to help people find computer servers. I've sat in on interviews for new employees. I have done things that have nothing to do with website development, really because I just love to give. When somebody asks, can you help me with something? My first answer, yeah, let me figure out how to help you. 
It's interesting. Uh, it, it, you do have to be open to receiving. Uh, I, and I, I know I use this name a lot. I'm going to use it again. Well, first of all, I will say this. So many uh, people, when I talk to them about social media, and some even new clients will, will say, I don't see you posting anything about my business. And I will say, yeah, you do. About one out of every five posts. And they don't understand that. I said, this is we're educating and informing. Unless you have all the content, which rarely do, then I have to get content from other places under your umbrella. But that fifth one, it's okay to ask. So yes, Gary Vaynerchuk wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. Because sometimes people go too far the other way. All they're doing is giving and educating and informing and they don't ask for the sale. They wonder why it doesn't come in. It is okay to ask for the sale. It is okay to ask. Well, and, and usually the sale doesn't come from the person that you're giving to. Mm. Yeah, usually, that's right. That's usually right. what it is is it's an expansion of your pool. And this is one of the reasons why I, I talk about help your customers. Give to your customers because they're, then they're, they're going to be referring you out to other people. Um, the, the idea of giving, first and foremost, is for yourself. Puts you in a better position to absorb and reflect on life. And then you turn that around and give back to the community, and they will remember you not just for the giving, but for the generous person that you were. So this week, we have been focusing on the idea of the giver's premium. So all this week, we've been working on the giver's premium. We still have two more episodes finalizing with an interview with Bob Berg himself, where Bob is going to share his insight in the creating of the book and how he sees using this principle in a COVID-19 social distancing world. For those of you running a service-based business, social distancing means you are limited in being able to perform your service. Diversity of business offering is a mission critical in the world that embraces social distancing. Adding a product or social distance-friendly service to your business offering will allow you to continue generating income during times when your customer base is restricted access. For those of you running a business that provides a product that depends on delivery by means out of your control, then sales are limited by the delivery channels. Where once we thought delivery suspension for a prolonged period of time was just not possible, we now know not only is it possible, but in a world that embraces social distancing, it is likely. Adding service diversification will allow your business to continue generating an income during times when delivery of your product is hampered. My suggestion to you, turn to the giving. Figure out ways to help your community during this COVID-19 time. Figure out ways that you can be a value to the community and the people you serve and believe me when I say this will come back to you tenfold without you even having to ask. So, Phil, do you got a quote of the day? I do. If people like you, they'll listen to you. But if they trust you, they'll do business with you. 
Zig Ziglar, a double Zig Ziglar quote day. Marvelous. Well, thank you for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, get out there, start giving, and let your business grow like never before. This episode is sponsored in part by Northwest Pet Resort. We are the Inland Northwest's premier one-stop shop for your furry friends. Founded on fulfilling the health and happiness of your dog, Northwest Pet Resort has been building relationships since 2010, offering boarding, daycare, grooming, and a place for all your shopping needs. Northwest Pet Resort is here for you. It is so important for us to help you enrich your pet's life. Check us out at nwpetresort.com. We look forward to meeting you and your pet. Northwest Pet Resort, how can we make your tail wag today? Four listeners of the Business Buffet will each receive a free signed copy of The Go-Giver. Visit businessbuffet.page forward slash go-giver and complete the entry form. On Friday, Phil and I will randomly pick four winners and ship them each a signed copy of Bob's most excellent book, The Go-Giver. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.